0: Due to coronavirus restrictions, this has not been recorded in the studio and you may find the sound quality has been affected. For more than 50 years, Northern Ireland was a bastion for pro-life laws. When the Abortion Act 1967 came into force in England, Scotland and Wales, it was spurned by lawmakers in the province. They found the notion that unborn human lives are disposable to be abhorrent and instead chose to protect them. It's estimated that around 100,000 people are alive in Northern Ireland today because that law was rejected. In the meantime, over half a century, more than 9 million unborn children have been killed in the rest of Britain. But all this has now changed. Last year, in the absence of Northern Ireland Assembly, a handful of pro abortion politicians in Westminster took it upon themselves to impose their will on this staunchly pro life part of our country. In July 2019, MPs voted for an amendment by campaigners to legalise abortion in Northern Ireland if the Stormont executive did not return by October. It didn't. And from October until now, a set of guidelines were brought in to allow abortion until a new law could be introduced in full. But now the interim period is over. As of today, Northern Ireland has an extremely permissive abortion law, much more so in fact than the rest of the UK. From having some of the best laws on abortion in the world, it now has some of the worst. In a few moments I'll be speaking to the Christian Institute's Northern Ireland officer Callum Webster, but before that I have with me Rhys Kerno, a senior researcher at the Institute to talk about these radical changes. Rhys, thank you for joining me. Hi Angus. We should first start by picking up on that last point, I think, that this is an extreme abortion law which goes far beyond the rest of the UK. Can you take us through some of those changes and why they are particularly distressing?
1: Yes, well, as you say, the new regulations are much more radical than the law in the rest of the UK. Um, In terms of time limits, for example, uh, the regulations mean that Um, up to 12 weeks gestation, a woman can have an abortion for absolutely any and every reason. Uh, And this could even mean babies being aborted simply because of their sex. On top of that, the regulations legalize abortion up to 24 weeks if there's a risk to the mother's physical or mental health. In reality, when we talk about physical and mental health, that means
0: pretty much anything, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, that's right. It it does mean anything. Um, And Uh, it's it's this ground which has been interpreted so widely on the mainland um, and it's that ground which has led then to the vast majority of abortions in England, Wales and Scotland uh, every year and then of course um, as in the rest of the UK if an unborn baby is diagnosed with a disability it will be legal for an abortion to take place right up to birth for that baby Um, and of course as we all know such disabilities include Down syndrome and even treatable conditions like cleft, lip and palate. The new regulations also go far beyond the law in the rest of the UK uh, in terms of who can actually perform an abortion, who's involved in the process. Um, And the new regulations are so radical that a doctor doesn't have to be involved at any stage at all. In fact, up to 12 weeks, a woman only needs the approval of one medical professional, which could be a midwife or a nurse, before she has the abortion. And of course, this kind of law uh, leads to the situation we have in the rest of the UK, where uh, teenagers, children even, are uh, able to have abortions without their parents ever knowing about it. Do you think, Reese, that one of the problems will be that
0: in the UK, the law has been interpreted in a very liberal way for decades now, and that's actually contributed to this new law in Northern Ireland uh, being even worse than that?
1: Yes, I think that's that's definitely true. Um, that in the rest of the UK and um, outside Northern Ireland, the law has been so uh, misinterpreted and so uh, widely applied. Um, I mean, I don't believe that the the uh, original lawmakers back in the '60s, when they passed the Abortion Act in Great Britain back in uh, 1967, they they didn't intend that. Um, we should have two hundred thousand abortions uh, every year in England and Wales and Scotland, and they they surely didn't intend that nine in ten uh, babies diagnosed with Down syndrome in the womb would be aborted. Um, the law really has been misapplied, um, and uh, the the physical and mental uh, health grounds um, have been so widely uh, used that they they now they now count for ninety eight percent. Um, of, of of all abortions in uh, Great Britain, um, so yes, I, I I think you're 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 certainly right that the law has been uh, misapplied and misinterpreted on the mainland, and and that may well have contributed to um, uh, these new regulations, these new extreme regulations that we're now seeing uh, being imposed on Northern Ireland. But what about uh, pro-life medics?
0: Um, During this time of national crisis because of COVID-19, everybody is naturally praising NHS workers for the excellent job that they do,
1: but could this new law infringe on the rights of medics to say no? Well, good question. Um, And thankfully, um, there is some provision in the regulations uh, for those who object to abortion. Uh, And on the face of it, this looks to be uh, very similar to the rules in the rest of the UK. Um, So simply, um, there is the ability um, for those who object to participating in abortions to actually uh, opt out um, of, of, of doing so. Even as we record this, there are reports
0: that the government has gone back on its statement last week that it would not bring in DIY abortions or home abortions, but a Department of Health spokesperson said over the weekend we are updating our guidance so women who need an abortion up to 10 weeks and can't access a clinic can use abortion pills at home. This will be on a temporary basis. You must follow a telephone or e-consultation with a doctor. Reese, what do we make of that?
1: Well, I think the important thing to realise here um, is that medical abortion, so that's where women take a combination of two pills, um, they're, they're not safe procedures, um, uh, certainly not as safe as uh, abortion campaigners make them out to be. Um, And in fact, by liberalizing the law in this area, uh, the government is putting more women um, at risk. And we know from studies over the last few years that, uh, in fact, there's a much higher risk to women's health and a much higher risk of complications with medical uh, abortions compared to uh, surgical abortions, for example.
0: Now Reese, we've also seen pushes for councils to introduce so-called uh, buffer zones around abortion clinics to stop people from offering counselling or leaflets to women seeking an abortion to let them know that they have other options. Will we be seeing these buffer zones in Northern Ireland?
1: Well, the regulations themselves uh, do not contain any powers to introduce buffer zones, um, so that is definitely good news. Um, although the government has said it's going to keep the situation under review. Um, But uh, this is good news that the government has said it won't roll it out across Northern Ireland. Um, Apart from anything, it protects free speech. Um, But we also know that pro-life groups outside abortion clinics have been able to offer women support and an alternative to abortion, uh, which they often don't get anywhere else. Uh, We know that... Uh, pro-life groups uh, in this way then have actually saved lives.
0: Rhys, thank you very much for speaking to us today. I'll turn now to Callum Webster, who is speaking to us from Belfast. Callum, this was clearly not what people wanted uh, in Northern Ireland, was it? You know, opinion polls have shown that they were happy with the pro-life law that they had, and the government's recent consultation found an overwhelming 79% of respondents didn't want a new law brought in at all. Can you give us any indication of how people are feeling about this right now?
2: Well, many people here in Northern Ireland are very, very angry about the changes that have been imposed. The consultation, as you rightly mentioned, received over 21,000 responses. Now, that's an overwhelming response for any government consultation. Most government consultations in Northern Ireland would only receive a couple of hundred responses routinely at the very most, but this has received over 21,000 responses. So that tells you about the level of feeling there is on the ground and as has been noted uh, over 79% of those 21,000 responses clearly stated that they were content with the law as it was and did not wish to see the law weakened in any way. Possibly others who responded felt similarly, but did not state it explicitly. But nonetheless, there's a very clear strength of feeling, and the government has pressed on, regardless in imposing those changes, taking, not taking into account any of the comments that members of the public made. They, they may rightly ask the question, why were they consulted if the Secretary of State and the Northern Ireland Office were so determined to go ahead with these regulations in a very extreme form?
0: Well the issue of abortion was voted on in as recently as 2016 uh, and on that occasion a strong majority voted against liberalising the law. Now from comments made last week by a number of politicians in Northern Ireland when the changes were announced last week there was a real sense that Westminster had very much overstepped its mark. Could you comment on that?
2: Yeah clearly the perception within Political circles in Northern Ireland is that Westminster has uh, imposed a version of regulations that go far beyond anything that would have been approved of by locally elected politicians. You rightly mentioned the votes in Stormont in 2016 uh, when a clear majority of MLAs voted to uphold the existing legislative framework in the province. And it's also worth pointing out that in July of last year, when MPs voted on the uh, Stella Creasy's amendment to the Executive Formation Act, uh, all of the MPs from Northern Ireland who take their seats, all of them voted against these proposals. So it is clearly being brought into Northern Ireland at the behest of perhaps civil servants or certain politicians in a Westminster bubble and they are determined to impose this here and the fact that it was introduced uh, on the last day that parliament was sitting before going into recess on grounds of the Covid crisis uh, is deeply, deeply disappointing.
0: How can Christians in Northern Ireland uh, and across the UK more generally respond to this
2: terrible news? Well, I think there have, has to be response at a number of different levels. Firstly, Christian believers ought to be praying for our nation. We're called to pray for the nation uh, in the Bible, in First Timothy chapter 2 and elsewhere. And Christians ought to be praying that uh, the rulers of our nation would protect uh, the lives of our citizens, including our unborn neighbor. And perhaps it's a rebuke to us as Christians that Maybe we have not been as diligent in praying for those in authority, uh, and that's why we see some of those issues being passed and being introduced. There's also uh, a response at a public level. Uh, Citizens across our nation expressing concerns can write to their MPs here in Northern Ireland, they can write to their MLAs, they can point out uh, that government has acted contrary to the wishes of the people. There is also opportunity for Uh, people to raise their views uh, with their own MP directly so they can take uh, a look at the Christian Institute website and see how their MP voted on the issue in July past, whether that's within Northern Ireland or outside of it, and they can speak to their MP about that, particularly if their MP voted against uh, the the wishes of the northern ireland public and against the democratically elected politicians from this province so there's opportunity at different levels to challenge it there's also opportunity to raise uh, the importance of defending our unborn neighbor in our churches uh, people can make other members of their congregation aware of what is happening uh, and can highlight the issue they can become involved in pro life work uh, and in seeking to provide pregnancy crisis, counselling and support for women who are in situations of unplanned pregnancies.
0: Callum, thank you again for your time. Uh, that was very helpful. Uh, and Thank you again to everyone who has taken the time to listen to us today. Please do join with us at the Institute in praying that our nation would once more value the lives of the unborn. Goodbye.